Or who are you living for? Who's on the throne of your life? Let's do what God says. Amen? Amen. All right, that's all I got. Okay. Praise the Lord. Thanks, Thank you. Hello, everybody. You can't just sit there today. You've got to talk, okay? Thank you, Pastor. Take up my pulpit and walk here. So why we got a tent in church? Because um, the Lord told me, I've been preaching a lot out of Exodus 33, so if you've got a Bible, not just a phone, but a real Bible, Tony. <laughs> if you open to Exodus 33, you'll see the passage we're going to be in this morning. I don't see anybody moving Bibles. Let's go now. Get out your scripture. Get out your scripture. If it's on your phone, get it out. You need to read it. You need to see it. You need to meditate on it. I've been in this passage for three months. For three months. And in this passage, when you get into it, you'll discover that God was setting up a way for the people of God to meet with God. And he did it through a tent. And so I got a tent here today. And they set up the tent outside of their camp, and the presence of God would come into the tent, and the people were free, everyone was free, to go to the place where God was. Julia's brother, hey man. And so, I love the presence of God. And I live for the presence of God. And I love worship. And I love just waiting on the Lord and experiencing His presence. Because I've discovered without His presence, I can't do anything. I mean, there's nothing good in me. I mean, the only good thing about me is I'm a half inch taller than Tony, and that's about it. That ain't saying much. That ain't saying much. And Tony's getting older, he's getting shorter. (laughs) Tony and I have been traveling to um, Santiago, Chile. And... He didn't understand why I kept taking pictures of dogs. I'm like, Tony, they're chili dogs. That's good stuff. Pat, this is natural. You don't have to plan it and look it up. I know Pat Googles jokes and stuff, but, you know, with me, it's a gift. It's a gift. And so the presence of God and getting into the presence of God is what I think about. It's what I live for. And so I have set aside in my life time consistently to get into the presence of God and stay in the presence of God. And the wait on the Lord, not just run in and out and in and out. So my simple question to you this morning is, where do you meet with God? Now, the scary thing is, in 1 Corinthians, it says, I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so the Spirit of God resides within me. How could the God of universe, the God of creation, who created everything out there that's so beautiful and so glorious, how could such a great God put himself in a tent or into a vessel? And so I'm amazed at God's presence in my life. I love God's presence. In him I live and move and have my very being in his presence. So one day I was reading Exodus 33, and let's get into it a little bit. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, depart up from here, you and the people who who you brought up from the land of Egypt, to the land I swear to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, to your descendants I'm going to give it. I will send an angel before you, and I drive out the Canaanites and all the ites, And go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, for I I will not go up in your midst, because you are an obstinate people, and I might destroy you on the way. I read that passage one day, an obstinate. Now, I have two grandchildren that are um, strong-willed. They got it from my wife. And I'm telling you, one of my granddaughters who's three, if I tell her to do something, the first thing on her mind is resistance. And she's had to learn that resistance is futile. And paddling her almost kills me. Are you stubborn? Any strong-willed people in here? Come on, Scott, raise your hand. You're as strong-willed as anybody I've ever met. Let's go. Come on, let's get honest. Let's have a little honesty today, all right? We're all a little bit stubborn at times. We all want what we want sometimes, right? We're all that way. 
And the Lord said to Moses, hey, because these people are so stubborn, I'm going to send you to the land, but I'm not going to go with you. And when I read that, the very thought of going and doing in my life without the presence of God literally stopped me in this verse. I meditated on this, these few verses for weeks on end. Asking the Lord, where am I being obstinate? How am I being obstinate? Lord, what can I do without your presence? Where can I go without your presence? How can I do anything in the kingdom of God? How can we go to the nations? How can we do anything without your presence? Search me, Lord. Know my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. See what's obstinate on the inside of me. Where am I resisting you? And so I have... I read the scripture and David said, Lord, please don't take your spirit from me. We're not to take for granted the Holy Spirit. David, the cry of his heart, Lord, in spite of my sin and my stupidity, please don't take your spirit from me. How could I live without the presence of God? How could you exist without the Spirit of God within you? Thank God for the Holy Spirit living within us. He says, go forward. I'm going to give you the land. You've got to kill a bunch of giants. Tony, giants are people that are 5'8 and up. Just so you know that, okay. Exodus 33, 4. If you guys saw the things that Tony did to me in Santiago, you would understand today. When the people heard this sad word, they were mourning. And none of them put on their ornaments. What were their ornaments? Where did they just leave? Egypt. When they left Egypt, what did they take with them? Gold and all the junk of Egypt. When you come into the kingdom of God, the Lord wants you to take Egypt off. And all the stuff of Egypt. And the Lord's saying, take off these ornaments. I don't want any of Egypt or any of the world, any of that stuff, on you. For the Lord said to Moses, say to the sons of Israel, you're an obstinate people. Should I go up your midst for one moment? I would destroy you. Those are strong words. Can you imagine being Moses and being the leader? Go down to Exodus 33, verse 7. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, a good distance from the camp. And he called it the tent of meetings. That's why we have a tent today. And everyone, somebody say everyone, everyone. who sought the Lord, there's room for you in God's tent. There's a place for you in the kingdom of God. You're welcome to come into his presence. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out of the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. And it came about whenever Moses went out to the tent that all the people would arise and stand each at the entrance of his tent and gaze after Moses until he entered the tent. And whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of the cloud would descend, stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak to Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would arise and worship, each at his own tent. Do you worship in your house? Is there worship and prayer going in your house? Is the word in your house? Are you meditating? Would your children be able to testify that my parents really genuinely seek the Lord? And they love worship. And they love the word of God. And we talk about the word of God in our house. And we talk about the scripture when we're going. And we talk about the presence of God. And my children can testify that there's a real presence of God in my life. Because they know. Don't they? You are welcome to come into the tent and be in the presence of God. Now Moses has got a problem. He's supposed to take these obstinate, stubborn people on a journey where they're going to face some opposition. And the number one thing that stopped them was fear. Fear. Do you remember? We see ourselves as grasshoppers. Fear. You know what the Lord told me about Pat when I was praying this morning? He told me that he was like Caleb. Caleb was a man, he was one of the 12 spies 
But he came back with a good report. I don't know if I've ever seen Pat have a negative report in his life. He's always so positive. I'm just like, always so positive. He's full of faith. He believes God no matter what. And Pat, I felt like the Lord said that he calls you Caleb because Caleb lived to help other people get into their possession, to get into their land, to get into the promises of God. And this next season of your life, God's purpose in your life is to use you to help people get over their barriers, over their stubbornness, so they can exactly take their land. Because that's what's in your heart, really. You want to see others get where they're supposed to be. And so in your family, I've been meditating and thinking about your family. Is uh, Jonah here this morning? No, I said Jonah. There's kind of the same guy. Yo, dude, I pick on you every time I come, right? (laughs) Aren't you happy about that? Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) I felt like the Lord said, you know what, the things that we prophesied over you in the past, the things that you know in your spirit... That the call of God is very real. And there's a generational blessing that's coming on you. It's going to hit Matt first. Is Matt here somewhere? He's where? Oh, he's, back. he's out there coughing. Thought he was a charismatic. Matt, get in here. <laughs> oh, there he is. Yay. So Matt, come in here a minute. We're not scared of the flu. You're all right. It'd be okay. You can come all the way up here. Everybody get out their mask that they have in their pocket. Hey, listen, don't laugh. Have a seat up here. I look better in a mask. What are you laughing about? I'm just telling you the way it is. I'm telling you this morning, the Lord spoke to me, and uh, I was sitting out in my truck, because real men drive trucks. Amen? Yes. And um, I just had a tablet out, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said that he wanted to speak a blessing over some of the spiritual sons in this house. I've known Matt for how many years? Matt's only really in the kingdom because he started chasing Stacy. I just want you guys to know that. That's <laughs> I remember doing your wedding and all this crazy stuff. That was a great day, wasn't it? That was a great day. I felt like the Lord wants to say to you, he calls you Uriah. And he's a guy out of the Old Testament. And his name literally means Flame of Jehovah. And uh, the Lord began, I began to see some pictures about you in your life and the generational blessing that's coming down from Pat and Sheila to you and Stacy. And then to the young man sitting over there that doesn't want to have to stand up or be embarrassed anymore. And I felt like the Lord wanted to say to you guys, this generational thing is real. And there's going to be a torch passed. And you, in your generation, the ark is the church. And in the end times things and all this tribulation that's going to go on and all this stuff we're seeing in the world you're going to bring many people into God's church into a place of safety. Many will be rescued and saved through your life. And man, I felt like the Lord says that he's, he's, he's creating you in you a heart of literally a heart on fire. And I felt like he's going to give you a vision of hell. That you're going to have a dream, you're going to have a vision, you're going to see the reality and I know you work as a fireman and all that. And I'm sure you've seen fire and, and all those things like none of us can even begin to imagine. So you already have these things on the inside of you. But the Lord says you need to begin to see people in the fire. Because when you preach, you're going to preach with the fire of God and with such a passion to save people, even as a fireman is willing to give up his life. To save the ones in the fire. God says so many are going into the fire. The way is broad. And many go down the broad way. Many are going into the flames of hell. And hell is not preached about today in the church. But folks, hell is real. Just as real as heaven is, hell is real. And people are going there. Because they reject the presence of God. And God wants to put such a fire and compassion in you. And so... 
that you're going to be like Jeremiah. Your bones will be on fire. You're not going to be able to help it. So when Matt preaches here, which he does from time to time, he's going to preach with fire. Fire. Rescuing people. And I think your wife's having twins, but that's, that's something else. I just have to throw that in for Stacy when I see her. Okay, Matt, if you feel sick, you can go to the back. But if, if you're going to trust God for your healing, sit next to Tony. <laughs> so we're in Exodus 33, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you yourself have not let me know who's going to go with me. Moreover, you said, I have known you by name, and you also brought favor, found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray you, if you, I found favor in your sight, let me know your ways. Exactly what Tony said a few minutes ago. That I might know you, so I might find favor in your sight. Consider, too, this obstinate people, is what he wants to say, are your people. Pastors have to remember, people belong to God, not to them. So when you get to decide to be obstinate, Pat doesn't have to straighten you out. The Lord's really good at it. <laughs> Isn't he, Tony? He's very, very good at it. You guys knew all the times that the Lord had disciplined Tony and I over the years, straightened us out. It's a part of walking with God. And so Moses says, who's going to go with me? I can't do this great task by myself. Every time we go overseas, every time we minister in other churches, we get before the Lord and we get on our face and we say, Lord, if you don't go with us, if your tangible presence isn't there, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And so Moses is just in his heart, he's like, and then the Lord answers him and has compassion in verse 14. He said, my presence shall go with you. Can you imagine the relief that he felt? My presence shall go with you. And I'll give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence doesn't go with me, please don't lead us up from here. Presence. Getting into the presence of God. Waiting on the Lord. Getting into worship. Being quiet. Being still. You know what I like best about being a grandparent? They all go home and my house gets really quiet. And then it takes two hours to clean it. You didn't want to sit by Tony? She's better looking. Okay, I understand. I understand. Are you a bearer of the presence of God? Knowing his presence. Knowing his word. Loving worship. Getting in his presence. You can remember this message today, right? What's the one word? Presence. Emily said tent. Emily got it wrong. Go to the back of the room. His presence and getting into his presence. Verse 16. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by you going with us so that we, I and your people, might be distinguished from all the other people? We are to be different. We're to be distinguished from all the other people on earth. Because the presence of God lives within us. I love his presence. You're like, well, how do you do it? I learned to be quiet. That's not easy for me. I wake up with a list in my mind. <laughs> I go to sleep with a list. What didn't get done on that list in my mind? My mind is always moving. And I have to learn how to be still. 
I, you know what I do when all these things are on my mind and I can't be still before the Lord? I just get out a piece of paper, write down all the things on my mind, set it aside, and now I can focus on the Lord. Simple little things. I turn on worship and tune out. Getting into his presence. Not running in and out of his presence. As I get older, I don't need as much sleep. 67, still looking good. (laughs) What little hair I got left. When did your hair turn white, Tony? Sometime after yours, yours. (laughs) of course. And in the night watches. I can't tell you how often the Holy Spirit, I'll I'll wake up and I'll feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit, the weight on the Lord. I need his presence more than I need sleep. I just need his presence. In his presence, I get strength. And so I've, I've just learned when I feel that nudge in my heart, I need to get to the tent. I need to get to the place of meeting. What an honor to be a presence bearer of the Lord. I mean, Dan, is there a greater honor than that? Being in his presence, loving his presence. Moses, the cry and desire of his heart was simply to get into the presence of God. So this morning, we don't want to spend a lot of time preaching. My message is pretty simple, right? Did you write down the one word? Did you get it? Can you pass the test? What Tony and I really wanted to do this morning was pray over as many people as we could. And I had a very unique thing happen this morning when I was waiting on the Lord. Pat locks me in his basement. I'm usually not allowed out. Last time I was at Pat's house, I had to deal with a 10-foot gator. I'm not exaggerating. This guy says, help me grab that rope, help me pull the gator in. I'm standing there thinking, why am I pulling a 10-foot gator toward me? True story. So the guy takes the thing, hits it between the eyes. I think it's dead. I'm standing a few feet from its sharp, sharp teeth. I said, where are you going? I think he's leaving me alone with the gator. Dead or alive, I don't want to be there. He goes up to his truck, gets a long knife. He said, I don't really know if it's dead until I cut the spine. Jumps on the gator, starts pushing the knife, and it lunges at me. I forgive you, Pat. (laughs) So then the next morning at Pat's house, I'm going to go up the stairs, and there's a snake laying there. I forgive you for the snakes. Because I drive a truck. And as the years go by, that snake keeps getting bigger. (laughs) Huge snake. Huge. George was just telling me he's in the jungles of Guatemala. And George of the jungle went up against one of the baddest snakes in the jungle. I think George is crazy. All the Guatemalans split and there's George and the snake. That would be a great book. George and the snake. So what we want to do this morning is, I know worship was a little short earlier, but what we're going to do this morning is we're going to go back into worship and we're going to start laying hands on people and we want to pray for people. And I want to do a lot of prophetic ministry this morning. Prophetic is just a gift and the Lord shares thoughts. I share the thoughts. You get to examine them to see if you feel like it was from the Lord. If it doesn't bear witness to your spirit, if it doesn't match up with the scripture, let it go. Okay? If it doesn't make any sense to you, write it down because often later on, it'll make perfect sense. Does that make sense? So before that, though, the Lord told me today I was supposed to be Jacob. And so, Jacob, toward the end of his life, it's not the end of my life. Jacob called out his sons and he began to speak a blessing over them. 
And so I felt like the Lord told me this morning, I'm going to speak a blessing over some of these guys um, that I've known for 30 and 40 years. And some of them aren't here, but I'm going to speak it anyway. Because I, I feel like it needs to be heard before the church this morning. So I already shared with Pat what the Lord gave me. And I'm not anti-ladies, trust me. We'll prophesy over the, all the ladies before the day's over. But I felt like the Lord specifically told me to call out some of these guys. Rick Schusler, the Lord told me that Rick is a potter, as in Jeremiah going up to see the potter. And that God's called him to shape and mold vessels into vessels of honor that will hold the Holy Spirit. So Rick's portion in the body of Christ is to take moldable clay and shape it into a vessel because he's such a discipler of men. I shared with Noah what I got. Stan, I felt like the Lord said, you really are a spiritual blacksmith. You're a man that works with fire. You love the fire of God, the wind of the Holy Spirit. The force of the hammer. And the Lord said, gave me the picture of the old olive press. They take the olives and they put them in a in this olive press and this giant rock as heavy as it can possibly be rolls over the olives and they get crushed. And out of the crushing comes the purest oil. And so the Lord wants you to know that pure anointing oil is coming out of the crushing that you've gone through with the loss of your wife. But the Lord also said to me that your time of mourning is coming to an end and that there is going to be joy in the morning. Stephen Grubb, are you here? Stephen, you sinner, hear this. The Lord told me that uh, Stephen is like James in the book of James. James was an incredible pastor, that Stephen's extremely pastoral, and that the soil of his heart is really good soil. And as in the book of James in chapter 5, they would call for the leaders, they would anoint people, and there was healing that took place. And the Lord said to me that Stephen has the hands of healing. George, George of the jungle. George, first of all, I just want to say publicly how proud I am of you. George has been going to Guatemala for 30 years, George. 25. 25. And he doesn't have to go. He pays his own way. He pays all his expenses. Do you know why he does that? Because the Lord called him to those jungles. And George, um, I felt like the Lord said to you, wants to say to you that you're like Philip, the evangelist. And Philip met the Ethiopian eunuch. Do you remember that? And shared with him, that guy got saved. That guy went back and reached a whole another group of people. And the Lord wants, wants to say to you that some of the people that you meet with be watching for the Ethiopian eunuch. Because there's a whole other group of people that you'll never see that he's going to reach. Where did Adam go? Why don't you guys sit with your wives? They're so cute. You stay back there. Didn't I disciple you? The girls are good. I mean, Adam, the Lord told me you were like Joseph. And you've gone through a lot of tests. Joseph went through so many tests. But Joseph ended up in a very unique position, that's for sure. And God used him to prepare people and prepare situations for the last days. And you're going to be in the position of Joseph. And it takes all the different gifting you have. Joseph had that coat of many, many colors. And it represents a multiplicity of giftings, anointings, and abilities. And you have those, and they're being developed within you. But Joseph was a dreamer, and you're a dreamer. You think, you dream about the kingdom of God and you have big dreams of things you'd like to see God do. And, and um, Mr. Dreamer, it's going, to, it's going to happen. Write down the dreams. Write down the things that God gives you. 
and be storing up because the time that people are going to be in great need will come before us and you'll be in a position to meet the need. You'll also remember that Joseph was in a unique position to deal with brethren. And in the body of Christ, you're going to be in a unique position to deal with some brothers that sometimes get out of line. But God's going to use you to bring order back to them. Scott. Scott, Scott. The Lord says, give your car to Pastor Joe. Can I get a witness? I don't want the Camry. <laughs> I got to be specific. Scott, it's interesting. I felt like the Lord said in regard to you that you, you've got this thing in you that you really want to see the world. And you've been to many different places and God's literally put nations on the inside of you. And you just think it's a natural interest that you have. And the Lord wants you to know it's far more than that. It's far more than that. And you're going to become Johnny Appleseed. And all the different places that you go and you have an interest in and you learn and, and you, under, you want to understand their culture and all those different things, you're going to be planting seeds, but the Lord says you're, he's also putting intercession in you. And that you're going to begin interceding for the nations that he allows you to go to. It's a gift that he's put within you. And when you get that urging, on that, that thing on the inside of you that says, I, I really need to go to that place. You need to go to that place. It's not just a natural desire you have. It's something that God literally put in you related to the nations. Brother Dennis, is Dennis here somewhere? Hiding in the cheap seats. Good morning, Dennis. Dennis, the Lord told me you were a river pilot. Like on the Mississippi or something like that. And you know how the river flows. And you know where the sandbars are, where things could get hung up. But you also know where the deep channel is. And I, I felt like the Lord says, you've been fishing with a, a fishing pole. And you'll always do that. It's part of who you are. But he says, get out your net. And he gave me the picture of the guys that had fished all night. And they said, Lord, we're too tired. We don't want to put our nets out again. And the Lord says to you, put out your net. There's still going to be a great haul. Great haul. And God's promises to you are not just for you, but they're for your children's children. And not one of them is going to escape the net. Brother Vernon. Hey, Vernon. Just want you guys to know, Vernon's probably been one of my best friends since I was 30. Long time. And we've done a lot together. And Vernon, the Lord said to me um, that you've done what you do and all the serving that you do in your heart to help the hungry in the food pantry and all the serving that you do that nobody knows about is because you really do love and care for people. And you love God's church and you love being a servant in God's house. And because you've given so much to the house of God, God wants you to know he's going to visit your house. And that your children are on his heart. Just like all of these children and those 200 families that need to get fed today are always on your heart, they're always on your mind. Your children and your grandchildren are always on the heart and mind of the Lord. Where's Bill Seals? Ah. Bill, I got a picture of you being like an octopus. And on every tentacle you had a, a different instrument. One had a paintbrush, one had a hammer. Um, you, you can do almost anything. And you kind of wonder, why don't I just get to do the one thing? And the Lord says, he didn't make you that way. He made you with all these tentacles to hold all these different things, to do all these different things. And if you just did one thing, you'd get bored. So it's a good thing that he gave all that to you. 
take good care of my mower, Bill. <laughs> Bill and I have a soul tie with our lawnmower. Dan O'Boone, sitting on the front row here. Dan, I got a picture of you at the optometrist office. And they put that stupid thing in front of your eyes and they go, which looks better, A or B? And you're thinking, just pick one. They all look the same after a while, right? The Lord says, you get to pick the vision for the next season of your life. You get to pick the vision. And whichever one looks best to you, he's going to grant to you. Okay? John Akers, is he hiding somewhere? Aha. Uh-huh. John, I felt like the Lord said that you were like a, one of David's mighty men when they were hiding out in the cave. <laughs> and you are a mighty man. God created you to be a mighty man. But there was so much opposition to David and his men that they literally were hidden away for a season. But the Lord says the season for you to be in the cave is over. And you're going to come out and you're going to come to the forefront and you're going to become the mighty man that God says that you are. All right. Angela, can we have some worship now? Now, if I, if I gave you a word, would you just stand up and come up here? If I gave you a word? Would you just stand across here, please? Face the audience, please. Are you guys all on one side? What's, what's the deal? Oh, okay. So, I, want to, I just want to say something to the men, to the young men that are in the room. We're going to go into a season and time of worship here. But the Lord said to me that he wants the fathers. All these men are fathers. Come here and I'll tell you who your wife's going to be. She's an ugly girl. Got no front teeth. I'm so sorry. Um, He's got a spirit of fear now. Uh, But I felt like the Lord said he wanted the fathers to speak a blessing over the other young men in the room. And so if you're a young man, would you pop up wherever you're sitting? Stand up, young men. All right. So you guys got to get out of your chairs. You got to come down here. If your natural father is here, I want you to stand in front of him. If he's not, that's okay. Just go to one of the other men. As we begin to worship, these guys are going to speak a blessing over you. A patriot from the Lord. So you guys do that. And Angela's just going to begin to take us into worship. Men, just lay hands on your sons, spiritual sons, natural sons, and speak a blessing over them. Let's stand up and worship.
right. So as we worship this morning, Tony and I are going to hide under the tent here. And uh, we just want to, I'm going to prophesy with people. So if you need a prophetic word and you've never done that before, don't be scared. It'll be fine. You'll get edified. Prophecy edifies you. It builds you up. Okay. And then if you're here this morning and you just need, you just need prayer. Especially if you need physical healing, if you'll come over to Tony's line, okay? He's going to pray for the sick and anoint them. Is that okay? And if you're here and you're Spanish, what do they do? Yeah. Para nuestros hermanos que hablan español, si quiere recibir una palabra profética, Pastor Joe puede ministrar ustedes. Y también si algunos quieren recibir ministración para la sanidad divina, ellos podrían venir adelante para mí también. Pero también yo puedo profetizar y yo puedo sanar los enfermos también. Amen. Amen. So Emily is coming forth. Yeah. Come forth, Emily. Yeah. Emily's going to join her husband and pray for oh, people. Nice. Emily's here to get a word. We'll give her a word. Stay away from Tony. That's what. <laughs> All right. So we're going to pray, and we're going to keep shipping the whole time. If you need a fresh touch of the presence of God, then we're going to pray for people under the tent. Okay. okay. So.